0: Hey guys, what's going on? This is Carlos, CEO of GAR Capital, your host of the GAR Capital Official Podcast. Thank you so much again for joining me. Happy Friday. It is May 8th, 2020. And a new episode, Why We Are Bullish. Uh, Well, what are we bullish on this market? Obviously, the stock market. That's what we usually talk about. Uh, Last podcast episode, if you missed it, was the trader quadrant. It's a psychology quadrant. And then before that was capital markets and bonds. Now we're going to talk a little stocks, right? Why not? That's something everyone wants to talk about. So here we are. Well, uh, let's kind of talk about the foreground, the background, right? Um, Where we are, where we've come from, and where we're heading. So let's go ahead. Obviously, you can't see what I'm seeing, but I can go and describe it to you. I am looking today at futures, which, as you know, I always look at. This is the uh, daily chart, one-year chart. And I'm always looking at uh, where we are, uh, where we came from, and so on and so forth. So starting the year of 2019, May, uh, this would be May 8th. We are pretty much above. We're actually green, 52 weeks rolling. That's pretty insane, knowing where we where we know we've came from from the roller coaster of February 21st and forward. You know, with COVID. So I just want to go ahead and preface this by saying, you know, when we talk about the COVID virus. Chinese flu, coronavirus, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I don't want to just talk about the money for a second. I I don't want to just minimize it. This is a serious illness, and I wish everyone to stay healthy and to, uh, you know, obviously obey the laws, stay indoors, wear your masks, whatever it takes. The faster we can beat this, the faster we can get back to our normal lives. So if you are fighting the the coronavirus or you have loved ones who are, uh, you're in our thoughts and our prayers, and we wish you a very speedy recovery. Again, just you know, best thing, guys, stay home if you can, wear a mask, and just take the proper precaution, and we will beat this, guys. That's all I wanted to say before we get started. Okay, so the daily chart on E-mini futures, which is the SP, I look at this because it's a rolling 24-hour period, 24 hours a day, five days a week. SPX, as you know, is SP 500 index cash, which opens from 9:30 to 4, Monday to Friday, barring any holidays. But with E-mini futures, it opens at 6 in the afternoon on Sunday and rolls all the way till five in the afternoon on Friday. So again, you get those extended hours. All right, so with that being said, like we said, we are green, 52 weeks rolling. Now we are red uh, in the stock market, obviously in 2020. Uh, We hit an all time high of around 33.97. So let me just go ahead and kind of remove this. I'm gonna go ahead and bring up the SPX, be a lot easier. So we kind of have the exact same numbers, S&P 500. And I'm going to go ahead and bring up a couple of a couple of numbers, so you have some context. Obviously, you can't see me because you're hearing me. So let's go ahead and bring up CNN Money if you're in front of your browser, or in your car, just pretend you're here in front of me. <laughs> I'll read it to you. Uh, CNN S&P 500. Let's go ahead and bring this up. And year to date, we're only down 9.32%. That's pretty wild. In one year period, change. 52 weeks, like we talked about, we are up 1.75%. That means if you invested $1,000 or $100, $10,000 on, on, on May 8th of 2019, and you held it all the way till now through all the craziness, you are up 1%. If that doesn't tell you where we are in a sense of investing long-term, I don't know what is. You basically skipped all the peaks and you missed all the valleys. The peak, 3393 which is the all-time high, which was recorded, I believe, uh, February 19th. And the low, which was achieved March 23rd of 2,191. We are now at 29.29 or around 20, 29.30 on the S&P. So you're talking about peak to trough. We went from 3,393 to 2,191. So let's kind of round it to 2,200 to now 20, at That's 730 S&P handles above the lows, but we still have a little more to go. We are still about, what, 400, no, about 160, 70 handles away from all-time highs. So we're closer to the highs than we are to the lows. A great great point. We here at GAR Capital, we've been talking about this market. We actually had an investment seminar. If you have missed it, it is on YouTube. Feel free to check it out. Uh, It is free of charge. Feel free to like and subscribe on YouTube. We talked about how things will pass. We've gone through a lot of things as a country, the stock market. And I said, just stick with it. You know, obviously, if you're employed and you have money, emergency funds, stick with it, stick with your investing. Don't change a thing. But yet, here we are, and we did bounce. We bought it at 2,300 S&P. That was our buy signal. We've been riding it up to 2929. We haven't sold anything yet. Again, I'm a long-term investor. I'm just holding it long-term. So that's where we are today. Now, a lot of things have happened. Let's kind of go over the news together. This happened this week. This is today. Uh, let me give you the non farm payroll numbers pretty bleak. This is non farm payroll. This is, re- uh, this is uh, reported every first Friday of a new month. So today is May uh, 8th. So we're reporting April's number. Remember, this is lag the month. So April's job report was a record 20 and a half million jobs were lost. So all the jobs that were gained since 2008 of the financial crisis till now, we're talking about 12 years, have all been wiped out. Not in one report, but consecutively, like just all together, they're all wiped. The unemployment rate now is at 14.7. Remember, we hit an all-time low, I think around uh, February, of around 3.7, 3.8. That is pretty wild. Let me go ahead and get you that that details on it. Uh, unemployment rate, U.S history. So let's see what we can bring this here. Uh, unemployment rate from 1948 to 1920, the lowest we've ever gotten guys was three and a half percent. And this was in February of 2020. So I was right. February, 2020, this is the lowest ever recorded pretty well. And now we jump to 14.7% unemployed. Now keep in mind guys, that's just people that have not that are looking for work. Maybe there's a lot of people that are not looking for work. So that's that's something to think about. So maybe, just maybe, there may be higher unemployment than we actually know. So that's kind of really bad news, right? You're probably thinking to yourself, well, Carlos, man, all this bad news, people are not working, uh, places are closed, there's, you know, people are taking government stimulus, there's uh, the, uh, the payroll protection uh, program, uh, bailouts. I mean, a lot of things are happening, right? And you're probably thinking to yourself, well, I don't feel rich, so why is the market going up? Or maybe you do feel rich. Well, guys, it's not as simple as just looking at one causation as another. Like, it's not as simple as jobs are lost, the market should be down. Keep in mind, there's one thing I really want you to understand here, guys. The market is actually ahead of you, in a sense. The market is pricing in ahead of you. The, lo- the lowest point of the market, keep in mind, we started falling, the gap down started the 21st of February after the all-time highs. We didn't have any store closures yet. Nothing was stored. No people were laid off. We started having a fast and furious fall. We went from 33.93 to 21.91. This is the fastest fall in the stock market in the United States history of the S&P. The fastest, quickest fall. A 37%, I think around 37%, 35% plunge from all-time highs. The fastest in history, right? So... (laughs) Think about that. This happened, the lowest point was, we hit the lowest point in March 23rd. Now we started to get some layoffs right around March, right around March. So that's around, let's say March 2nd, March 1st, right? I do believe, I think we started locking down everybody. I think the NBA, last NBA game, let's go ahead and give you that as a, as a tent Last NBA game played, 2020. The last NBA game played was, let me see if I can get that. I think it was March 11th. March 11th was the final game of the NBA regular season so far. The S&P that day closed at 2739. So we haven't locked down anything yet. We fell from 3393 to 2739. That's that's a big fall, guys. You're talking about a 600 point fall from the highs, 660 point fall from the highs, and then we finally started closing that. Now, obviously. We're not closing down stuff because the market's falling. That's not a causation, but it's a result of it. So the market was ahead of it; it was falling already, and then we started falling some more. So again, that's what? How many weeks ahead? We started. That was the 10th. We started falling two weeks before that. So in a sense, if you want to kind of play it that way, two to three weeks, the market is two to three weeks ahead of this virus in a sense. So it turns to see that we hit the bottom around uh, March 23rd. So let's add two weeks. April 2nd, April 4th, we're still locked down. And then it's been choppy. So we went from around the th- 23rd of March, and then we started hitting kind of a range-bound level of 2758 to now 29, right around April 9th. So it took that time from the MBA closing, I'm using it as a 10 pole, to the choppiness or the range-bound of the S&P from the bottom of April 9th to now, so about a month. Of choppiness, and we're finally kind of breaking up in a sense. But in a way, that two-week period from the closure of the NBA temple, like I'm saying, to now, to the ninth, I mean you would probably say, Well, about three to four weeks. See that three to four weeks, it's already kind of bouncing up. So, in a sense, we're getting ahead of the game, the market. That's one part of it. Now, another part, guys, is that the stock market is not the economy. Keep in mind, the stock market is not the economy. I've been saying that for a long time stock market is wall street is very disconnected from main street main street meaning you know regular folks you and i you know we go to work we do what we got to do grocery store it's a completely different world it's a it's kind of a range of two things the stock market really is for the wealthy in a sense and more more wealthy people invest than middle-class people let's just say obviously so you're seeing that disconnect of wealth wealth disconnect that's not a political thing that's just a fact so People with disposable income or more money to invest, hedge funds, wealthier clients, business owners that are not affected by COVID, they can actually invest money rather than a middle class or lower class worker who lost their job. That's fair, right? That's not a, a, a you know someone who's an elitist or not. It's just a fair fact. But again, you're seeing that move. Now, again, if you're a 401k holder, you're still doing your dollar cost averaging if you are employed. Still, I hope you are. But you see that bounce from 2191 to 2929 Now, it is a wild ride to the upside. It wasn't a straight shot. But again, if you stuck with your investments, you are basically 52 weeks top in. You're at 1.5% gain. It's still better than a CD if you think about it. So that wild ride has really put in a sense to people of where we are. Like, wow, how can we do this? What, what is causing this? Now we know where we came from that the market is kind of ahead of the game. Why did we get here? How did we bounce? Simple, it's really the Fed guys. The Federal Reserve with pumping trillions of liquidity into the system, and I've said this on the podcast, if you're not taking risks in the stock market, if you're not investing, you're leaving money on the table. Why? Because the Federal Reserve has basically mandated, has said, we will not let you fail if you're an investor. If you're a corporation, we will not let you fail if you have a certain amount of money. If you're an investor into a large cap company, these big blue chip companies, Top 100 companies in the world, let's say S&P 100 or the Dow components, you are not going to fail, guys. You're just, it's basically, it's taking away risk from the market. And two, the Fed has taken away price discovery. It's hard to get a correct price on the stock market when the Fed will just buy everything, meaning they'll buy bonds, corporate bonds, junk debt, everything, treasuries. It's hard to find the price discovery. It's hard to find fair value in something when you always have a buyer. You can always jack this up. Perfect example, student loans. Student loan crisis is caused by really one thing, colleges. Colleges know that the government will always give you a way to borrow money to go to school so they can jack up the price however they want. They could charge $55,000 a year or $10,000 a year or $100,000 or $70,000 a year if you go to Harvard or something. But that, that government intervention, Federal Reserve or, or the United States government giving you student loans has removed price discovery. It's removed fair value from the market if you always have a buyer you're always going to increase your price or you're not gonna have an exact value, a fair value. Imagine that you have an unlimited bank account. You're not gonna check the price at the grocery store. You don't care anymore. You're not gonna check out what the price is for a jet. You don't care anymore. You have unlimited money, unlimited money. If you're literally playing a video game, let's say Grand Theft Auto, and you have these codes that are limited money. You think you're gonna care how much a, a plane costs or a car costs? No, you're gonna buy whatever you want because you have unlimited money. So <laughs> price doesn't matter to you. To the same with effect, price. Does it matter? Remove the price discovery. So that's what I'm saying. Don't fight the Fed. That's my main point, number one, of why we are bullish. The Fed will not let you fail, number one. Number two on exactly why we're bullish, and we'll go ahead and get to that. Number two, guys, the stock market, US stock market is the only gaming town. Imagine you live in a small town, small town, let's say North Dakota, and there's only one bar to drink. And you like you like drinking a couple of beers, Restaurants don't have anything, you know, you don't want to go to uh, Denny's to, eat, to drink a beer, but you want to go to that bar. You know, it's the only game in town, right? You're going to probably, that bar is going to probably be packed every Friday at 5. Happy hours would be really wild. Why? It's the only game in town. Same thing. If you have money ca- in cash in a savings account, you're not going to be able to get good rates. The Fed has made sure of that. Why? Because they've lowered interest rates across the board. So liquidity is at ease. It's easier to get. It's easier to get money. From a financial perspective, I'm not saying it's easy to make money, you know, working or whatever. I'm, obviously, it's your job, but I'm saying in general, like if you want to borrow, it's at ease. Maybe not to the regular Joe with a 680 credit score who wants to get a house. Completely different. An example, you know, maybe you know he's furloughed, but I'm talking about corporations that want to borrow, uh, uh, you know, take money on the bond market. For example, Boeing and Apple, they got automatic bids for their for their bond uh, auction. We talked about that two podcasts ago. Feel free to check it out. Capital markets. So if you have low interest rates and money is readily available to borrow, the, the the Fed, again, like we're talking about, is pushing you in a sense like, hey, try this. Buy stocks. Buy risk assets because it's the only game in town. Are you going to put your money in China? No. Are you going to put your money in Japan? Negative interest rates? Probably not. Are you going to put your money in Europe? Europe has low growth. You're not going to get anything out of there. In England, there is no tech field. Tech what's their what's our biggest sector in the united states tech it's tech so again we still are the capital uh tech capital of the world you know silicon valley you know it's no secret that four of the largest companies in the s p account for 20 percent of the damn index again apple amazon microsoft and google i mean it's it's insanity but that's where we are but these companies make money these companies provide jobs these companies actually bring something to the table. This isn't the dot-com bubble where just companies, they're not making anything. These four companies bring in a lot of revenue. These companies make a lot of profit, even if they're not exceeding expectations. Apple just had their earnings call, did great. Google had their earnings call, even when ads slowed down. Amazon did so well that they're investing more money. Microsoft blew it out of the water. These are four companies that in general, I mean, they could probably form their own nation. These companies together, are about almost four, uh, what, maybe three and a half trillion dollars? Let's say we consider that as GDP. They'd be like the fourth largest nation on planet Earth if there's four companies, four corporations in terms of market cap. So again, where else are you putting your money? I'm not saying only put your money in those four four companies, but again, the best game in town is still the stock market. Risk assets are still the way to go. You're not going to buy bonds that are trading at uh, 10-year treasuries unless you need liquidity at 0.6% yield for 10 years. You're just not going to do it if you're an investor. You're going to put your money into riskier assets like equities and maybe bonds like corporate bonds. Same, that That's, the, that's it. You, know, you're, you almost forced your hand into it if you want to gain some yield. If you don't and you care about safety, then more likely you're probably going to put it in your sofa or you're going to go ahead and put it in gold or you're going to put it into you know, something that is safer. You know, gold is fine or you want to put it into treasuries if you like or a CD or a savings account that really gives you nothing. And you can't really say inflation is going to eat it, kind of will, but we're in a deflationary environment. We talked about without the capital markets, but it's still the same thing. That's where we are. So that's number two, the only game in town. And number three, really, where we're bullish, guys, we talked about number one is the Fed, number two is the only game in town. And number three, I guess you kind of say like number two, really not going to bet against America, guys. We're really not. Uh, America to me, just like Warren Buffett said, but he sold the airlines, that's up to him. We were really bullish on America. I I still think America still has the greatest economy on Earth. Our consumers are the wealthiest consumers on planet Earth. They spend more than anyone else. Uh, Everyone's gonna get, you know, get back to work. People are gonna get employed. It just sucks right now. We're probably thinking the worst. That's when you really, like, you know, the saying Warren Buffett says, you know, be fearful when others are greedy, be greedy when others are fearful. We were greedy at 2300. We knew that markets would bounce because markets are just not gonna fall forever. Not this, not this Fed is not gonna allow it, that's for sure. This White House is very in tune with the stock market, and especially in an election year. So you can imagine, we, with those kind of factors, you know, you're thinking we're gonna to create, create to the upside. But I mean, we're, I, I, I'm betting on America. If you bet on America for years and years and years, decades, S&P growth is there, guys. S&P growth is there. If you wanna kind of a little bit of a context, Let's see historical, let's see S&P historical chart. I'll go ahead and bring it S&P historical prices under Wall Street Journal. Uh, let's see if I can bring it here. This is for the year. Let's go ahead and bring up, uh, That's uh, let's see, S&P, I have to Google it, excuse me, S&P 500 historical history data. Okay, let's see if I can bring this historical data. Uh, that is daily. Nope. I gotta find yearly. Bear with me a second. I wish I had this available. Okay, S&P 500. Let's do max. Okay. Let's just kind of go back to 2010. 2010, the S&P was at 1136.94. We are now at 29.29. That's pretty great. If you guys really want to know what the numbers are, 1159. We can always do this. Go to percentage calculator and I can give you the growth. Now, obviously, there is some, there is some uh, volatility in between. But if you just held, didn't do anything from 2010 to 2020, 10 years, guys, and even with this craziness, the dip of 2018, you're talking about uh, this is post-financial crisis, the dip of 2018 and the dip now, right? And even the dip when Donald Trump was elected in the middle, basically the middle of the night, it bounced back. That's 153% growth. And that's a 10-year period. One of the best bull markets ever. And even with this fall, yeah, the bull market's technically over. But I think we come back to it, guys. We're still the strongest economy on earth. We're gonna get back to work. I can't say that we're going to get a vaccine. I don't know that. You know, I'm not a scientist. But thinking about it over, I think the United States is really just priced in that everything's gonna come back to normal. I mean, economies are re- reopening up. And I think there's two things here. I'm gonna add this to. Number 4A and 4B, and we'll go over the reasons why I'm bullish again. 4A, we're reopening the the, the economy. Slowly but surely, we're reopening the economy. And then 4B would be there's a pent-up demand for consumption. There is a pent-up demand for people who need haircuts. There's a pent-up demand for women who need to go to the salon. There's a pent-up demand for someone to go to their favorite bar. There's a pent-up demand for people to go to the restaurants. There's a pent-up demand for someone to 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 go to the movies. And I managed to go to Disney World. You think I'm wrong? Check out Shanghai Disney headlines. They were sold out same day. Sold out. There were so many people who wanted to go. The day they opened Disney in Orlando or in Los Angeles uh, or Anaheim, excuse me, it's going to be sold out. Movies are going to open up. People are going to want to just get out. The fact that their freedom was taken away for about a month now, is it's hard on people. I get it. You know, malls. Now malls make change because people are probably out uh, to the point of online shopping. But the freedom people want is the freedom of mobility to do whatever they like. The United States prides themselves on it. The United States citizens pride themselves on it. So the consumption is almost gonna be like a patriotic duty. We had this during World War II of consuming less to help the soldiers overseas. Now we're like consume, it's your patriotic duty. Buy American or support your your local bar, your local barber, your local grocer, your local gas station. I mean, that's a big deal to people. I think people, there's a kind of an emotionality involved where people want to kind of break free, get out and do the thing. Maybe they want to go buy that car now. Maybe they just say, you know what? I've been cooped up. I, I did my time. You know, I stayed in. I'm healthy. I'm going to go buy those shoes. I'm going to buy that video game. I'm going to buy whatever I got to do, you know, or you have the other side of it. People are going to probably save a lot more. Their personal habits may change because of what happened. Like, hey, you know, hey, I didn't have an emergency fund. Look what happened. You know, I got furloughed. Look what happened. That's another way, too. But I think if I had to put my money, I think there is a pent-up demand for people to want to consume, go do stuff, get the experiences out, get out, go have fun, and just get out of this, not I hate to say prison, but this prison mentally and emotionally of fear of the COVID virus. And I get it. You know, you should be. You know, imagine when football opens up again, NFL football. How many people are going to go to the stadiums and tailgate and cheer on their favorite team or watch on sports? It's going to be so much demand. I pretty much can guarantee you watching the first sporting event, whether it's baseball or soccer or football, if it goes that long, is going to have the highest ratings across the board. And they're going to watch whatever the game is on. They're not going to be picky. It's going to be huge to that person because it gives them the sense of normalcy. I almost kind of, in a sense, equate it to after 9-11, when 9-11 happened and everyone kind of stopped. You know, we were all very scared, very emotional about what happened to the Twin Towers. And then I remember that first game, St. Louis Cardinals, Jack Buck, Joe Buck's father, he said, it's time to get back to normalcy. We did our time. We did our mourning. We love our country. We love our troops and we support our members of the military and everything like that. It's time to get back to normalcy. This is what the terrorists hate about us, taking away our freedom. In a sense, we kind of have that, I think, an internal sense with Americans as we have this internal mobility, this internal patriotism of consumption. It's like our patriotic duty to want to go and consume and boost this economy. And I think we're going to get there, guys. And I think that's really the reason that we're bullish, that I am bullish even past thirty-three ninety-three SP S&P and bullish on America forever, even if we fall. So my first reason really is the Fed. Obviously, the Federal Reserve will not let you fail, like I said. Number two, the Fed is pushing you to risk assets. Uh, number three is uh, we're, we're betting on America. We're betting on America, and I believe in the American consumer. I believe in America sectors uh, and companies to grow and and invest. And like I said, 4A and 4B is the consumption uh, reason, to get back to normal. That's kind of the big thing to bring back to the marketplace. I think the pent-up demand is there. And I think, you know, and and obviously, you know, the store closures, things are reopening. People are going to be safe, obviously. But the pent-up demand for want to consume in almost a patriotic duty I think that's going to bring us over the top and it's going to be looked back uh looked back in the future as like this was a blip and, a, and almost like a blip on the screen in regards to the dip in the markets not medically speaking it's horrific you know the deaths and everything but this is a time historically speaking guys you're gonna be telling your grandkids in the future that we stayed home we were quarantined so quarantine we lived in fear for a little bit but we bounced from great depression war wars 9 11 pearl harbor uh, Watergate, Challenger crash, the fall of the Berlin Wall, Cuban Missile Crisis, uh, dot-com bubble, uh, mortgage meltdown, real estate. I mean, you name it. We bounce back. So I'm still keeping my chips in there. I'm still investing in America, and I always will. And, uh, yeah, that's what I think. That's why I'm bullish, guys. Now, again, I could be wrong. <laughs> I could be wrong. And I get a lot of bears that are going to kill me on, on Twitter and Instagram. But you know what? At the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. I don't care about about being right. Uh, I care about just getting it right at the end of the day. uh, I don't have an ego to say, aha, I'm right. Who cares? I mean, if this helps you understand markets, if this helps you understand or kind of reiterate to yourselves that to be long America or to buy stocks or invest, uh, I'm I'm happy for it. I just don't want to think that I'm selling you to buy stocks when you really don't. Maybe it's, maybe you don't want to, and that's okay. Maybe you think we're, we're top price too high, but again, that's how, that's my, uh, that's my two cents on it guys. So I wish you, uh, everyone out there, the, uh, best of health as always and this sunday is mother's day i wish to all the women out there your mothers your aunts your cousins grandmothers a very happy mother's day and we'll catch you for the next podcast this is Carlos, ceo of gar capital have a great rest of your weekend we'll catch you on the next episode